This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. What's going on, everyone? Ron Eddings here from Hacker Valley Media. The team and I wanted to wish everyone a healthy, safe, and happy holidays. Your gift to us has been being here with us on this journey while we produce podcasts, and we hope we can continue to exceed your expectations for future podcasts to come. Stay tuned. Happy holidays from Hacker Valley Media. Happy holidays. Howdy, y'all, and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, y'all. Crush it next year. Happy holidays from the team at Hacker Valley Media. In the past 24 hours, CrowdStrike has processed more than 1 trillion security events. That's 35 million events since I started this sentence. That isn't just big data, that's CrowdStrike data. CrowdStrike's engineers are pioneering the future of the cybersecurity industry and working at an incomparable scale while solving some of the toughest challenges in technology. CrowdStrike is a team that makes a difference every day, protecting customers around the globe from the world's most sophisticated adversaries. If you want to take your passion for technology and purpose-driven work and make it a superpower, join the company that's on a mission that matters by visiting CrowdStrike.jobs. Thank you, CrowdStrike, for sponsoring this episode. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. In the studio today, we've brought in Tyrone E. Wilson, founder and CEO of Cover 6 Solutions. Tyrone and his company teaches companies and professionals aspects of information security, like penetration testing and much more. And we'll cover some of this in the episode and learn more about your background. But more importantly, Tyrone, welcome to the show. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Tyrone, I've always wanted to have you on the show. It's been a long time coming, but there was a very interesting situation that led us to reach out. And I'm sure we're going to get to that in a second. But for the folks that don't know who you are just yet, would love to hear a little bit about your background and what you're doing today. Sure thing. Let's go. I am Tyrone E. Wilson. Don't forget to E. 20 plus years <laughs> in the Army. By trade, I consider myself, I guess, an incident handling, you can call it incident responder. I lived in the IC life for what, 16 of my 20 years or so, originally from Massachusetts. So I joined the reserve. There's a reserve unit in Massachusetts after I did my first four years as active duty. It's called the NEIOC, the Northeast Information Operations Center. And the unit was kind of special because their mission was to be part of what's called the RCERT SWAP, which is the Regional Computer Emergency Response Team for Southwest Asia. So their unit was, I mean, so their mission was to perform all of the, uh, you know, the incident handling and response for all of Iraq. So I went from, you know, a young specialist uh, learning about communications because I originally joined the army to be, um, you know, a communication specialist, just dealing with radios. I was a radio operator, maintainer, but because that was the mission, we got sent to a lot of pre-deployment training, maybe four to six months worth. They didn't issue us 
weapons. They issued us laptops. They sent us to all of these different schools. So I was kind of thrown into the fire like early. And this had to have been 1999, early 2000. And I loved it. Do you know what I mean? I loved it. Didn't think I was going to get deployed. Ended up getting deployed. So I'm in Baghdad. And one of my missions there was to start performing uh, vulnerability assessments, you know, on all of the posts in Baghdad and in Iraq. And I just loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, I had the opportunity to, quote unquote, be extended on my deployment. And that extension led me to be at the First Information Operations Command or Fort Belvoir here right outside of Washington, D.C. The area for for, for tech was growing. Um, I kept it up. I lived that sock life for a while. My very first position was to be the Fusion Cell team lead at JTFGNO, which is now U.S. Cybercom. And I just kind of lived that life. I, I had a clearance as well. So finding these positions and using the fact that I had a clearance to find extra work made things a little bit easier. So we started doing side work, you know, at the FBI, ESOC, you know, handling incidents there. It just became fun. But sometimes, you know, you can get burnt out once you start doing the same thing over and over again. You know, I had this idea of helping people, right? I always love to help people. And I started a meetup group in January of 2012 called uh, the DC Cybersecurity Professionals. And what it was, it was just me, you know, having this bright idea to teach the masses things because even before that, I was running a help desk as a, as a civilian before my deployment, but I severely underestimated the amount of people that would need help. And the meetup just grew and grew and grew. I got a little bit tired of the network defense life, went offensive, started studying for my OSCP, used my notes for the OSCP to create a pen test prep workshop, did that for a few years. And then, you know, my natural instincts kicked back in. So I created a SOC and OS prep workshop, which was the defensive equivalent of that. And then I just started doing more workshops. And as I started doing workshops and speaking at meetups, then things started to pick up. And a lot of my friends would tell me that you, I need to just go permanent with starting a company. I decided to do that, came up with Cover 6 Solutions, which is a, a mix of my love for IPv6. Yes, I am an IPv6 enthusiast <laughs> with a little bit of my um, military background, like Cover Cover 6, I got your back. Yeah. And it was, it was a good twist. And I, I just kept going with it. You know, I try to run myself like a organization, you know, keep your nose clean, do right by the people. You can probably tell that I'm not rah-rah or anything with the marketing. Like if you hear about me, then you really know about me. You've done the research. And I, and I really mean that in a good way. I always wanted everything that I did to be organic. And look at me. I'm on the podcast right now. So Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, there's so many things to unpack in what you just said, but I got to get to it. Tyrone E. Wilson, don't forget the E. What is the story behind that? <laughs> oh, wow. So I spoke about this in um, a, a keynote. It was my first keynote that I did a couple of years ago. I had to halt it. And what it was is that I was raised in a home where I was the only one out of my siblings that had a different last name. You know, I always had an idea that I may have had some other siblings out there. So 
I always felt that the only way that they can differentiate me from the other Tyrone Wilsons out there is if I use my middle initial. And come to find out, um, two years ago, I actually found them. So I have four more brothers and another sister. And, you know, I documented that journey. There's some posts on it on Twitter. Um, You know, I I did it live. Mm. (laughs) I think it was Labor Day weekend two years ago. So they got to watch me meet my siblings. They got to watch me, you know, find my biological father the next day. And it was just one of those things that I held on to, you know, my entire life. And that's what became my identity, this Tyrone E. Wilson. And I just, I couldn't let it go. Do you know what I mean? Right. That's the one thing you get to control. You get, you can't control what people think about you and what people might say about you, but you can at least control what you define as your name. And I think that's great that you're like, this is the best way to introduce me. Exactly. Exactly. I think you're doing something in cybersecurity that I, if you're not the first, there's only like one or two of you out there, but you were just on a reality TV show that is airing as we speak. Yes, yes, yes. Tell us all about that process. How did you go through selection? Did they find you? Did you find them? And what was that whole experience like? So a friend reached out to me about a casting call on Instagram. I answered the call, filled out the application, sent in some pictures. They called me the next day let me know that things were looking good for my standing to be on the show. And, you know, I just went through with it. But I can tell you that it's it can you can be emotional about everything because it, it makes you emotionally gooey. And I can't say too much, right? Definitely want you all to watch it. But being vulnerable with strangers, complete strangers, a bunch of complete strangers, is not easy. But that's one of the things I've always prided myself on is to be publicly vulnerable. If you've watched me or seen any of my talks, I'm not afraid to get emotional. I'm the crier <laughs> of the family, <laughs> if that makes sense, because I, I, I'm okay with it all. And I'm willing to do things publicly because I, I want people to know that it's okay to be a little, I don't want to say traumatized, but it's okay if your past experiences affect how you are now. It's mm-hmm. okay to do things other than InfoSec. And it's okay to show a little weakness, right? It's okay. Mental health matters. And that is something that everyone should make a big focus in their lives. It's so freeing too. It is so freeing <laughs> to address your traumas. And I, and I feel like I did all of that one by one by one, you know, between meeting my siblings, my biological father, the two pillars in my life, my mom and my dad, getting over PTSD. You know, Mm -hmm. working through anxiety, feeling like I have had multiple heart attacks. And just the last thing I needed to figure out was, what is love? You know, I'm 44-year-old professional that's doing pretty well in life, but yet I'm still single. And I needed to figure out why I wasn't ready to pull the trigger. (laughs) And I feel like I figured it out. So... You know, I would want to, I would want everyone to join me on that journey so they could see what it was like. Everything that you're going to see is real. Um, it's just you may not see the complete context of everything due to, due to the amount of time that they have to air everything. So yeah. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm excited for you. And kudos to you for talking about mental health and vulnerability, especially as a strong black man in the space, because I think we need to talk about that stuff more. AJ Yon said somebody needs to come out with a podcast specifically for that. So if you are in the space to become a podcast host for for something like vulnerability, let us know because we can make that happen. Yes. One thing, <laughs> one thing I wanted to mention is that in one of the previews of ready to love it talked about why each person kind of wasn't ready to love yet and why they were working up to it and you told a, a small but very impactful story about how you were gearing up for love and why you felt like you held off for so long could you tell that story for everybody that's listening today sure you know and the way that it came out in the show is obviously not what i wanted to display right Everyone would have to just go watch and see exactly what I said. But essentially, you know, I've seen things growing up that made me not trust women. I've seen things growing up that made me feel like dedication may be a waste. And subconsciously, it was affecting me. And it was to a point where I didn't really know that. You know what I mean? I I really didn't know it. It was also to a point where I even created an alter ego you know, then that would, you know, boost myself up whenever I was feeling down, right? That would um, make me not feel pain when it came to relationships. You know, even the fact that my biological father pretty much was not around at all, you know, made me feel like I didn't even deserve love, even if someone told me that they loved me. Um, but you you can see that um, in, a, in a recent Twitter post, I addressed all of that. You know what I mean? I got both of my fathers together. You can even see uh, a couple tweets on how I went and spent time, you know, with my mom and I'm, I'm past all of that. Do you know what I mean? And, and I would hope, you know, that everyone could get past that as well. Um, I don't hold any grudges. Like I love my parents to death. I spent a lot of time on the show trying to show my friends and family, you know, a piece of me that they may not have seen before, but I always wanted to carry myself in a way that would make my my family and my friends proud of what, you know, they were to see of me on TV. So hopefully I get to convey that message. Obviously I don't control uh, the production or the editing or anything, but you know, we'll see how it goes. I, I think it'll go well. One of the books that I read quite a while ago, I can't recall the name of the author off the top of my head, but the book was called Breaking Out of the Man Box. And there's so many things that we do to really hold this unnecessary baggage, like perceptions of the opposite sex or even the same sex and and also our perceptions of love. And I'll be honest, probably about four years ago, I was going through my own self-transformation journey and I started to realize the more that I loved, the more that I was open to the idea of love in all aspects, the easier everything got for me. Like I was able to show up at work better. I was able to collaborate on projects better. And I was also able to look at myself in a light that I never saw myself in before. What has been some of the things that have opened up since you've kind of started being more public facing, being more vulnerable? What has changed in your life that you can share and that you're proud of? You know what? I owe a lot to COVID, if that, if that makes any sense, right? <laughs> yep. To COVID, two deployments. So thinking about dying every day was not fun. 
Um, I didn't know that my PTSD was affecting me, affecting my relationship with my family, affecting what I was doing in public with my daughter. And, you know, I started doing things for what I call like anxiety relief. And it was like little things that meant a lot, like splurging on a really nice bed, splurging on a big TV because it's going to make me feel good. I'm splurging on a weighted blanket. I started growing plants. I started doing physical challenges every month, like doing five miles every day, 15,000 steps every single day. What else was really good for me? Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. And just essentially realizing that I have the ability to control now. Like I can make my focus now. And you realize that no matter how bad things were, no matter how bad things are, right now, you can say things are pretty good right now. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like right Right. now, I'm here talking. There could be a bunch of other things that I am worrying about, but I realize that I control the things that I can control. What I can't control, I'm not going to worry about it. But right now, I'm good. I'm I'm in a great place. (laughs) And so I make that the focus. And, oh, man, life has been so much better. That's good that you were able to work through some of your your trauma, believe it or not. And I've never really even talked about this very publicly, but I had my own bouts of PTSD coming from my time overseas. And that's something I've kept largely private. And I didn't handle it in the healthiest way. I allowed my own mind to work through it and work through it. And I eventually got better. But there are a lot of people out there that shouldn't do that or try to do it alone. They should definitely reach out to a professional that can help them through this, these feelings and these anxieties because they can be debilitating. They could be irrational in your, in your own mind, but there's nothing you can do about them. You, you can't fight what you're feeling. And so definitely anybody out there that's struggling with PTSD or struggling with, with anything mentally, please reach out to a professional. I did want to ask you, as you've strengthen your mind and you worked your way back to healthy, did you, did you stop there or did you say, what else can I do to do even more with my mind and with how I feel about life? Yes. So one of the things that I did was like, I constantly tell myself that it's okay, right? (laughs) It's okay. It's not a negative thing that your past experiences affect you, right? It's okay. Everyone is going through something, right? So it's your approach on how you want to handle that. I have gotten to a place to where I'm feeling really, really good about a lot of things. And I refuse to go back, right? So gaining that recognition of the now, which I talked about, um, understanding what puts you in a better mind frame, Right. Even if it's the, the, for me, the walks, because, you know, that's an hour or so where I'm not thinking about anything but this walk. Right. And that is very, very therapeutic. So even if you got to take 20 minutes out of your day, you know, to learn how to meditate, you know, you can do that. Health is good. And just focus on the things that put you in a better mind frame. Focus on things that, you know, allow you to recognize uh, feelings, 
in emotions so you can become more emotionally aware of the moment and understanding how you feel in that moment and then identifying different ways to take control of that moment in your feelings and your emotions. And, you know, I was just telling my sister this is that sometimes you feel that you can, once you become aware, you can feel that moment happening where you're starting to get upset about something and you realize that this emotion is tied to an event of some sort. So instead of focusing on the emotion, you focus on the event that caused the emotion. And then you realize that it's really nothing to even feel some type of way about. And you start to chuckle when you become aware of that that's going on. And you're like, man, I, I have arrived <laughs> when it comes to emotional maturity. Right. The <laughs> mind, the mind will say crazy things. And if you really just allow that you know, that dialogue to happen, you might question, like, where did this even come from? Like, why is this even a concern or a worry that I have to, you know, get up in five minutes when I'm actually supposed to be present here with whatever I'm doing at this current moment? One of the books that I recently read was The War of Art. A lot of people say The Art of War, not that book, but The War of Art is by Stephen Pressfield. And one of the things that he speaks about in this book is resistance. And we have so much that we want to do in our lives. There might be opportunities to meditate, opportunities to be more aware of, you know, your family and the things that they're concerned about. But resistance gets in the way. It's like this temptress that steps in front of us. It lets us know that if you go down this route of resistance, then all of your dreams will come true. But then after resistance is gone, you realize how far or unaccomplished you are. You, you actually are. So for those that have like, resistance in their mind when they're looking at something like meditation or just bettering themselves like that inner dialogue always goes off what are some things that you do to get around that that friction or resistance i i started to realize that i am not responsible for other people's feelings if that makes sense mm -hmm. i used to carry myself in a way that um, made me think I'm manipulating how people feel about me. And it's exhausting, right? Because now, like, you're, you're thinking about every tweet, every IG post, right? Mm -hmm. You're thinking about how can I be as public? I mean, how can I be as private as possible? And it, 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 it takes a toll on you. So... I opened up, I made all my social media public, um, IG is public. If you want to see me, <laughs> you know, um, you know, go have a couple of drinks <clears throat> and act silly, fine, right? I'm not hiding that anymore because I'm me, I'm human. I am going to do human things and I can't worry about how you feel about me when you see that. Mm -hmm. that, does that make sense? Like, I have to live my life. There's millions of people out there in the world. They need to live their lives, too. I can't live my life for people I don't even know exist. Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> I just, it's just my brain thinking that they're watching me and judging me. 
And I used to care about that. <laughs> but what's crazy is I think everybody feels this way in at one degree or another because I felt that way. When I first started producing content, I really started with dance. I started with IG, but it wasn't until I started doing podcasting where I had to force myself into growth because when I was doing those mediums, I wanted to do all the things that people think I should be doing. I wanted, I only wanted people to see the good stuff. I only wanted people to see, say, oh, wow, Chris is doing so well. But when I start doing a podcast, when I start talking about my failings and I start talking about all the things I've done wrong, all the the feelings that I have, that's when people started to listen. But I, I feel like a lot of people are training themselves like I have to only put on this face, this mask of perfection for people to love me. Because at the core of it, we were talking about love earlier, at the core of it, that's what people genuinely want. And not necessarily a romantic love, but just love in general, the appreciation of other people. And so when you're, you know, as human beings, we're pretty tribal. We have to live in communities in order to survive. There are some people out there that are super tough and can live by themselves, but for the most part, we need other people to survive. So we take on these behaviors and this way of acting that we think is going to bring more people to us, but in fact, it's pushing people away. What have you found through your vulnerability and through building these communities? Because you started this incredibly successful meetup. What have you found through building community that you think people need to understand about being human and being themselves? Sure thing. Um, one of the things that I found out was, you know, I didn't have to be perfect. Um, and it's okay to show vulnerabilities. It's okay to show that you have failed in things, even if it's a an exam for a certification. And people can relate to other people who have also failed. And if you see me, you know, in my tweets, I say I plan to fail another hundred times this year. And it means like if I'm failing, that means I'm trying at something, right? I'm not quitting. I am constantly trying to be better. And, you know, if you're willing to publicly show the different journeys that you're on and people can understand that they're also on journeys. And if I can motivate someone to continue to try so they can be successful at something, no matter what they're going for. Like that's, that's more than enough for me. Tyrone, there, there's someone listening to this podcast that's listening to your story. They're listening to your growth and your strength. And they're saying, wow, I, I wish I could have that. I wish I could take away this mask. I wish I could open up my heart, but I'm just too afraid to do so. What is that one piece of advice that you would have for that person that's listening right now? I would tell them, I understand. I would say, I know that it's not easy. And that's okay. And I post about that a lot. I post about getting out of your comfort zone because that's the only way to get into your growth zone. And I would say just to, to, to try your best to push through things that may be difficult for you right now, because subconsciously your brain is going to try to keep you in a comfortable place. So if that means self-sabotage at work, if that means imposter syndrome, if that means when it gets to a point in a relationship and you'd much rather walk away than to fight through the hardships, 
that's because your brain is trying to put you back into this comfortable place where you're used to living. And it may not be a happy place. It just may be used to being there. And it only feels comfortable because you've experienced it a lot. So one, it's it's okay. Two, keep pushing, right? Keep pushing. Everything that you want in life is on the other side of hard, right? So find out what hard is and go beat the hell out of hard. I can assure you, you're going to feel so much better afterwards. It's almost like, and I listened to uh, Eric Thomas, it's almost like yeah. having having a child, right? It's going to hurt, right? And you may have dreams and aspirations and such that is growing and building inside of you just like a child is, right? And you have to nurture it, right? And you have to continue to feed it. But eventually, it's got to come out, right? Your mm-hmm. hopes and dreams and aspirations need to come to fruition. And it may not be easy. It's going to hurt. But if you continue to push, then what comes out from that is going to be something amazing. Do you know what I mean? Just keep keep pushing. Push. That is, <laughs> that is such a great sentiment. Mm-hmm. And I think a perfect way to put the bow on this episode. Tyrone, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to chat with us and talk about vulnerability, love, and life. For the folks that want to stay up to date with you and all the great things that you have going on, and definitely folks that want to check out Ready to Love on the Oprah Winfrey Network, what are the best ways that people can do that? Um, sure thing. So, you know, I can start with the show um, on OWN every Friday. I believe it's going to be at 8 o'clock. You can check that out on the app. Um, the other thing is, you know, I'm at Ty Wilson 21 on all social media apparatuses, primarily Twitter and, and um, Instagram. You know, reach out to me at any time. Uh, also, Cover Six Solutions, you know, the website. Um, it will be my last class for a while. Um, but, you know, we we have, uh, you know, another gentleman. I can't wait for you all to, to see him and meet him. Eric, it's, it's going to be a blast. And I look forward to how I can use my life lessons, you know, to, to further grow the company, to further help people, maybe even you know, do some, some investments, you know, and, you know, I just look forward to the, to the rest of life now that I got here and I'm just in a place where I want to help as many people as I can get there as well. Appreciate it, Tyrone. This is great. And I think that you already are just by being on this podcast, putting yourself out there, you're constantly helping the world and we'll be sure to drop your social in the show notes also for everyone to stay up to date with you and all the things that you got going on and we'll see everyone next time sure thing sure thing